In Texas, Democrats are turning to the satanic temple to help them strike down a law that limits the number of babies who can legally be killed through abortion. In California, education officials are instructing students to chant prayers to the demon gods of the Aztecs, who also practiced child sacrifice. In Washington, D.C., Joe Biden himself has fully changed his views on abortion, coming out in favor of infanticide and effectively renouncing his Catholic faith. A lot of Americans want to keep religion out of politics, but that is not possible because every single political issue ultimately boils down to religion. There can be no neutrality. The divide is less about right and left than it is about right and wrong. And the craziest part of all of it is that the libs can't see it. They are right now at this very moment siding with literal Satanists and Aztec demon gods. They are making the defense of literal child sacrifice their top political priority. And they don't even realize they're doing it because the devil's finest trick is to convince people that he doesn't exist. I'm Michael Knowles and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment Friday is from BLD, who quotes leftists. Says, leftists say the poor are people too. We must fight for the lower class. Also leftists, life is literally not worth living if you're poor. Yes, they are saying that. If you're poor, if you're not going to live in a nice fancy house in the suburbs, if you're going to have any problems in life, it would be much better for you to be killed. Not, not great. Pretty crazy stuff. Almost as crazy as this economy right now. Well, if you want to hedge your investments, against inflation, I would strongly recommend Acre Gold. If you want to start investing in physical gold, but you do not think that you can come out of pocket all at once, you know, physical gold is expensive, have no fear. Acre Gold will let you subscribe to gold bars for as little as $30 a month. Before you call me a liar, hold on, let me explain how it works. You pay each month. Once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they will discreetly ship Acre Gold to your house. They've also got a new $100 a month subscription to a five gram gold bar. So if you want to up the ante, you can. I've really enjoyed investing in physical precious metals. I've really enjoyed investing in Acre Gold. They keep you updated on your stash each month. They ship once you hit that threshold. You get it all safe and sound and in your hands. Great hedge on inflation. Visit getacregold.com slash Start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to this URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar to qualify for the giveaway. Tweet or post why you should be the recipient. Mention at get underscore Acre. That's getacregold.com slash Thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. We have a lot more to get to. We've got to get to ridiculous fake news about ivermectin. We've got to get to fake news about healthy, quote unquote, young people dying from the coronavirus. We need to begin with the child sacrifice stuff. I, that's a sentence I didn't, I never thought I would say. I didn't hope that I would ever say that. We have, it, it is crazy because the left knows not what it does. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it, it can't see it. But, but if you're outside of that bubble, if you're outside of the liberal establishment, you look at this and you think, guys, you're, you are actually siding with real full-on Satanists and Aztec demon gods. And you don't, and they say, no, you don't get it. It's, it's so clever. Oh, it's no, you don't understand. It's not really 
Satanists that we're siding with, except it is. So here's a, a representative article in the Huffington Post. Satanic temple floats devilishly clever strategy to dodge the Texas abortion law. Oh, it's devilishly clever. What's, what is devilishly clever? What are they doing? Well, they, they've got this new strategy. They're going to say that taking an abortion drug is an important part of their religious ritual. It's a sacrament in the satanic temple. Quote, a lawyer for the Massachusetts-based temple sent a letter to the Food and Drug Administration earlier this week to request that the church be allowed access without prescription to the abortion-inducing drugs mifepristone and misoprostol as part of its sacramental abortion ritual. He, he compared employing the drugs to the use of peyote in certain Native American rituals under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. For the temple, bodily autonomy and science are sacrosanct. And the abortion ritual is an important expression of those beliefs explained Temple co-founder Lucian Greaves. Who, oh, how clever. Wow. Gosh, we didn't see that one coming. What the Satanists are saying is that abortion is their central sacrament. Just like we've been saying for decades, for decades. Peter Kraft, who's a a wonderful uh, theologian and philosopher, Peter Kraft put it very well a long time ago. He said, quote, abortion is the antichrist's demonic parody of the Eucharist. This is why it uses the same holy words. This is my body with the blasphemously opposite meaning. In the Christian communion, the priest holds up the Eucharist and says, this is my body, which will be given up for you, quoting Christ. In abortion, the left says, this is my body. This is my body, my choice. This, even though it isn't the woman's body, it's, it's a little baby. So now, oh, the devil, what a devilishly, it's not clever. It's we've, we, you don't see it left. You, you can't understand what you're doing, but we do see it. (laughs) And a lot of people have seen this for a long time. And even as you are now openly siding with Satanists, you don't understand what you're doing. A single doctor, doctor, quote unquote, a murderer in Texas who has a medical degree, as this law was going into effect, performed 67 abortions in 17 hours because the law was about to go into effect and Moloch was very hungry and they needed to feed these demons the souls and bodies of innocent children. So for 17 hours, a doctor in in his or her 80s is being reported performed 67 abortions, 67 people killed in 17 hours just to get that rush in before the law goes into effect. The left is is losing their minds over this, over this, it seems to me, relatively minor issue. It's a, it's a, the people of Texas through their democratic process, through their representatives saying, you know, we don't want to kill as many babies as we've been doing. So we're going to limit that now. In this one state, it's not, it's not going into your state, just in this state. And the left is focusing on this because it is their central sacrament, the, the sacrament of the Antichrist. They're focusing on this as though this is the, the, the single gravest threat to their entire political project. Maybe it is. Ellie Mistal, who is some talking head on MSNBC, he is now suggesting that Joe Biden create an army of federal physicians to go invade Texas to kill more babies. Look, I live in New York, okay? It is wet right now. If I was on top of my roof, kind of looking for help, I would expect the cavalry to be coming directly, right? 
FEMA, Coast Guard, Operation Dumbo Drop. Somebody should be coming to get me. And in fact, when it happened in, in, Katrina, in Katrina, the failure of the federal government to go get people was viewed as one of the biggest failures of that of George W. Bush's presidency. Similarly, we need to go and get women in Texas and protect their constitutionally protected medical rights. And the way you do that is that you deputize doctors, you federalize doctors, you create through an executive order, an army of federal doctors who are going to go into Texas and protect the Constitution by giving women, by consulting women about their privacy rights and their medical history. That, by by federalizing the doctor force, that would protect those abortion providers um, from the Texas law. MSNBC and and the host Joy Reid nodding along, yes, wow, yes, yes, n- suggesting that Joe Biden create a federal kill force to invade a state strictly for the purpose of getting, he says getting the women really means getting the babies. Go get the babies. Don't let those babies live. He says there's a constitutionally protected right to abortion. Obviously there is not. It does not appear in the constitution. He's suggesting, as the left is suggesting now, that this is settled law. Obviously it's not settled law. It's not settled at all. That's why the pro-life movement has gained ground almost without ceasing since Roe versus Wade. It's not settled in any way. He is, he is saying we need to upend the entire constitutional order, creating this federal police force of, of physicians just to protect the central sacrament of the faith, of leftism, of the anti-Christian faith. And Joe Biden's doing it too, our devout Catholic president, the devout, the most devout Catholic How dare you criticize or question his devotion? Joe Biden has switched his position. He has effectively renounced his Catholic faith over this issue. He had been playing it a little bit cagey until this Texas issue, where he is now in formal heresy and and in a break with the Catholic Church. In 2012, Joe Biden was asked, what's your feeling on abortion? He said, look, I personally, because I'm a Catholic, I'm I'm pro-life. My religion uh, defines who I am. And uh, I've been a practicing Catholic my whole life. Um, And uh, it has particularly informed my social doctrine. Catholic social doctrine talks about taking care of those who who, uh, can't take care of themselves. uh, People who need help. Um, with um, With regard to abortion, I accept my church's position on abortion as a, what we call de fide doctrine. Life begins at conception. That's the church's judgment. I accept it in my personal life. Until last week, when Joe Biden came out and said, I do not agree with that. The church says that life begins at conception. I do not agree with that. I do not agree with that. So Joe Biden comes out. He says, my, my religion, my faith defines my public life. And he's right. He's right. But the faith is not Catholicism, it's not Christianity, it's leftism. You know, with all of the encroachments of all these crazy institutions, the government, a lot of people want to be able to just do some simple things themselves. When you want to do it yourself, I strongly recommend you check out rockauto.com. When you need a part for your car or truck, you have two options and only two options. So let me lay them out for you. You can either 
Go to the brick and mortar store. Drive there. It takes 15, 20 minutes. Wait in line. It's another 10 minutes. Wait for the guy to try to, first of all, hound you with questions that you're not going to know the answer to. Then go into the back, look for the part. They're not going to have the part. There's too many parts to have. Then they go online, probably to rockauto.com. They order the part. You wait another week or so, and then you pay twice as much. That's option one or option two. You just go to rockauto.com. Family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Same low prices for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Always reliably low. No gimmicks. A catalog so simple to navigate, even I can do it. What are you going to pick? Option one or option two? I, you're an intelligent person. If you're listening to this show, you're an intelligent person, go for option two. Go to rockauto.com. Right now, see all the parts available for your car, truck, and the right Knowles, Canada WLES, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Joe Biden in 2012 said, I agree with my church. Life begins at conception. Joe Biden in 2015 reaffirms this. I believe that life begins at the moment of conception. I'm prepared to accept a fide doctrine on a whole range of issues as a Catholic. Um, even though, as you know, uh, Aquinas argued about in Summa Theologic about human life and being when it occurs, I'm prepared to accept as a matter of faith. My wife and I, my family, the issue of, 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 of abortion. But what I'm not prepared to do is impose a rigid view, precise view, rigid sounds uh, pejorative, a precise view that is born out of my faith on other people who are equally God-fearing, equally as committed to life, equally as committed to uh, the sanctity of life. and. Uh, I'm prepared to accept that the moment of conception is human life and being. But I'm not, pre- I'm not prepared to say that to other God-fearing, non-God-fearing people that have a different view. Now, this argument never made any sense because he's saying, I believe, I, Joe Biden, using all the faculties that I have at my disposal, I believe that life begins at conception. And if you commit an abortion, you are committing murder and you're murdering innocent people. But I, I'll, I'll allow it. I believe that. I believe that. But I don't really believe that. I believe that. I believe it's tantamount to murder if you commit an abortion. But I don't, but not really though, right? You can't, he's, he contradicts himself. And this, this began with Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo's father, when he was governor of New York. And he was nominally a Catholic, but he had to go along with his new faith, which is leftism. And he had to create a way for, for Democrats to have both sides of the issue. And so what he decided was the way to do it is to say, I'm personally against abortion, but as a political matter, I would never impose my faith. Well, no, you are. You're impo- to have legal abortion, you're imposing your new faith, leftism, on m- many Christians and Jews and Muslims and other people who oppose abortion. So you are, you're, you're imposing a faith. You, you, there is no neutrality here. And you're making a decision. But Joe Biden doesn't even do that anymore. Last week, he came out and said, I do not agree with the position that life begins at conception. I do not agree with the position of the Catholic Church. Because, uh, frankly, I think that the whole leftist argument of I'm personally against abortion, but politically I'm for abortion, never made any sense. Just means it just, <laughs> you're, you're lying somewhere. You're either lying to yourself or you're lying to the public at some, if you hold those contradictory views at the same time. So now he renounces the faith that we are told he's devoted to, and he accepts the real faith. The thing we have to remember about all this is, and then we'll move on to demon gods. I don't want to focus too much on the Satanists. I also, we have to get to the demon gods. 
that the California students are now being told to worship. Not a, that's not an exaggeration. But it is worth pointing out, human sacrifice is not just some weird thing that happened in a few places a long time ago. Human sacrifice is part of human culture. It has happened everywhere. It has happened virtually at all, at all times with very few exceptions. And one of those exceptions is the Christian West. You see this in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible, the Israelites come into territories where there is widespread human sacrifice. And then they put a stop to that. In Christianity, when Christianity has spread to other places and other cultures, they've put a stop to that sort of thing. But the reason that there is human sacrifice, I mean, there are lots of writings about this. I'm particularly fond of those of Rene Girard, who I'm reading right now, who says that the sacrifice, mimetic violence is the term that he uses, is just, it's the only way that cultures can restore peace, that, that, that rivalries gin up, you know, in, in cultures, brothers killing brothers, Cain killing Abel, Romulus killing Remus, the people banding together against a scapegoat, they need to let out their violence, they need, and, and when, you, when you commit a sacrifice, initially human sacrifices, then in some cases replaced by animal sacrifices, and then in Christianity is replaced by the sacrifice of Christ, that restores order for a period. This is why the, the Aztecs, actually, this is why indigenous American civilizations would slaughter people. At the at consecration of Tenochtitlan, one of the temples in the Americas, in the, the uh, Aztec empire, th- they would kill 80,000 people, sacrifice 80,000 people in the span of four days to appease their demon gods. They would r- rip out beating hearts hold them up on knives, still beating, and then throw the bodies down the temple to the tune of 80,000 at a time. And now, by the way, I'm not joking. I'm not being hyperbolic. California students are being told to chant prayers to those gods. On uh, August 26th, the Thomas More Society wrote a letter to the state superintendent of public instruction requesting that they remove an Aztec prayer from the state's curriculum. Now, The state refused to respond to this, so now the Thomas More Society has filed a lawsuit. California, in in March of this year, introduced a new ethnic studies curriculum. Ethnic studies is a fake academic discipline for students who are too stupid to study real academic disciplines. So it, 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 but it's not just because some students are, are not intelligent or educated enough to take real courses. It's also because the left is trying to impose its own radical ideology on a whole generation of students, and they're doing that in the classrooms, not just at the universities, but also in high school and middle school and, you know, even further back. So they introduced this new ethnic studies uh, requirement. And it was promoted by a man who believes that one way to rectify colonialism is to support a, quote, counter-genocide of, quote, white Christians, not a joke. Uh, he, uh, He calls on students, quote, to challenge racist, bigoted, discriminatory, imperialist, colonial beliefs and practices on multiple levels. And one way they're doing that is having students chant prayers to the Aztec gods Tetzcatlipoca and Huitzilopochtli. I'm, uh, you know, not pronouncing these correctly, I would assume. Uh, This latter god is the god of war, among others, and, and a god to whom the Aztecs would sacrifice many, many people by 
stabbing them in the chest and ripping out their hearts while they were still beating. And now our students are chanting prayers to them. Why? Why? What the left is going to say is, oh, Michael, stop getting so hung up on this. It's not a real religious ritual. It's not like a real liturgy. It's It's just a fun thing to explore other cultures. It's just a fun thing to chant prayers to demon gods sometimes, but it's not, you're not really praying to the demon gods, but you, you are, <laughs> you are though, you are literally doing that. And when you perform rituals it, with your bodies, with your speech, with it, when you, when you do that, that is a religious rite. It is. And, and you might not realize it. You might think you're being really clever, just like the Huffington Post thinks they're being devilishly clever. <laughs> it looks like we're partnering up with Satanists to preserve the sacrament, the antichrist sacrament of abortion. <laughs> but we're not really doing that. We're just, we're just, you know, science promoters. We're just secularists. We're just, it's not really satanic. It, we're, it's, we're just sort of ironically satanic. If you... If you perform an activity or a ritual or a rite, ironically, forever and ever and ever, and you just keep doing it, it's no longer ironic. When you pray to demon gods, but it's ir- ironically, but you, you just, you do it. You actually are doing it with your, you're, you've actually done it. You're actually doing something. This is probably not a good idea. So the, the Thomas More Society, what they're trying to do is say, keep religion out of the schools. We can't, we can't have this prayer to the Aztec demon gods, of human sacrifice, because you know it, that, that would be imposing religion on schools. And we're not allowed to do that, so let's stop that. Whatever we got to do to get the demon god prayers out of schools, I guess that's a good place to start. But I don't think this line of attack of keep religion out of st- schools, I don't think it's ultimately going to be successful. I, I think... We need to grapple with the much more difficult question, but ultimately more correct one, which is acknowledging that we will have a religion in schools. All education is oriented toward certain goals, certain ideals of ethics and morality, and yes, religion, metaphysics, a recognition of how the human person relates to the world. And we've got to make some choices. What kind of education are they going to get? What kind of moral order are they looking at? What do they believe about the human person? That's going to require certain religious premises. And ultimate, ultimately, they need to be Christian. <laughs> okay, because our civilization is a Christian civilization. And if we, have, if we have our education ordered toward some different thing, then it's going to be a different civilization. And it's going to be a worse one. And our kids are going to worship demon gods. You know, when I want to engage in a a sort of meditative experience. You know, when I want to remember that my body is a temple, it it helps to remember that temples need incense, which is why I would strongly recommend Thompson cigars. I was in New York over the weekend. What do you you think? I had two hours free. First thing I do, I go to the cigar club. I have a nice drink. I have a cigar. The place I get my cigars, Thompson. I have been a customer there since I was 16, since my mother gave me my first box of cigars. Christmas when I was 16, I still have some of them from Thompson. You can get one of those cigars, the Oliva Series O, a little Perfecto cigar, in the Knoll sampler pack. You can get a ton of other stuff too. Man of War Armada, a Davidoff cigar, E.P. Carrillo, El Senador, Nat Sherman Timeless, Nat Sherman, another great New York uh, tobacco company. This sampler should be double or triple, uh, probably more like triple the price of what it actually is right now. 
They've just got an amazing deal on it. People always ask me, Michael, what should I smoke? I don't know about cigars. Get the Knoll Sampler Pack. The way you get the Knoll Sampler Pack is you go to thompsoncigar.com slash Knolls, K-N-W-L-E-S. They're offering our listeners 15% off orders over 75 bucks or 20% off orders over 99 bucks. To take advantage of these truly incredible savings, thompsoncigar.com slash Knolls. Use promo code Knolls when you're ready to check out. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N cigar.com slash Knolls. Use promo code Knolls. You will thank me later. Morning Wire is another great way to, uh, it's, an, it's another great ritual to get into because you can get all the news in about 15 minutes, just all the facts straight at you. Subscribe right now. Start listening to Morning Wire on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. We'll be right back with a lot more. Jay Leno, former host of The Tonight Show, longtime comedian. Jay Leno is defending cancel culture. And so a lot of conservatives are really upset at Jay Leno. But I am going to defend Jay Leno because I also defend cancel culture. Not the terrible leftist cancel culture, but the idea of cancel culture in general. Here's what Jay Leno said. He said, when I do a gig in Utah and they'll go, look, we don't want any drug jokes. We don't want any sex jokes. I go, okay, I'll take those out and I do something else. With the Me Too movement, all of a sudden, the sexist jokes everyone used to do, you can't do them anymore. You adapt to the circumstances. You either change with the times or you die. A lot of comedians have come out and said, enough cancel culture. We should be able to say whatever we want. Jay Leno has the much more nuanced and correct view here. No, if you go, if a comedian goes and plays a show in Utah, in some devout Mormon enclave of Utah, and he starts doing a bunch of raunchy jokes, they're not going to land. It's not going to work. And no whining about cancel culture is ever going to make them work because that community has standards, like just like every community has standards. And so in, in that hypothetical devout community in Utah, some of the taboos involve raunchy sex jokes. In the devout leftist communities of New York or Los Angeles, those taboos involve making jokes about how men are different than women. You're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you could make those jokes in Utah and you can't, you could make the raunchy sex jokes in New York, but there are going to be standards and taboos. And so when we're thinking about all of these issues, what kind of activities we're allowed to engage in in Texas, what kind of things kids are going to be taught in schools, what kind of jokes comedians can make? I think we've got to move past the shallow my freedom slogans, okay? We, we want freedom. We love freedom. We like the tradition of freedom, but we, freedom doesn't just mean doing whatever you want at any given time. <laughs> okay, that is, no one's ever, no serious person has ever thought that that's what freedom is. Certainly not the founding fathers. We need to, we need to dig in much more to these harder questions. What is it that we're proscribing in Texas? What is it we're not allowed to do? What is it that we're praying to in schools? What is it that our religious education is aiming at, our inevitable religious education? What is it that is off limits even for comedians? You know what's off limits in China right now? Girly men in the movies. Uh, September 3rd, Amazon released its remake of Cinderella. This is news to me. I haven't, haven't caught the movie yet. This is featuring Billy Porter, whom I've never heard of, in the role of a genderless fairy godmother. So, oh, he's, okay, so he's a guy, but he's like a, from what I take it from the costume, he's like a flamboyant 
gender-bending fairy godfather mother. Officials in China have called for, quote, resolutely putting an end to sissy men and other abnormal aesthetics on television. The party also instructed entertainment producers not to cast actors with, quote, lapsed morals and incorrect political positions. And they're banning reality shows that feature the children of stars, arguing that these promote a, quote, unhealthy preoccupation with vulgar internet celebrities, as well as an admiration of wealth and celebrity. They're also, they're also banning excessive video game use by kids, to which I would say, it doesn't sound so bad, does it? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, you never want to be on the side of the communist party in China, and I'm not, I'm not, but on the broader point, I suppose I am, because what, what is really clear in China is, is something that exists in America, but people are just not clear about it. Namely, there actually are standards and limits that you, that are in place. The standards and limits are just different. In America, the, the blob, the liberal establishment that that runs Hollywood, that the, the, the studios system, the, 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 not the old studio system, but the new way that, that it works is such that you really can't produce movies that are patriotic, that take a positive view of American history, that include strong masculine men who are good, who are not toxic and women who are womanly. You're not, that's not really permitted. It's all always the, you know, the woman has to can't be saved by the man anymore. The damsel in distress, the woman has to save herself or she has to, she has to come in and save the man even, or, you know, the man has to be sort of effeminate or very toxic, or it's always got to be ideological with, with very few exceptions, especially these days. So what China is regressing toward, I guess you would say, is Maoism. Mao did this stuff too. He said, now there's going to be really rigid rules in place about our art. We don't want just pure agitprop, but we also don't want girly men and unpatriotic themes. And we don't want all this craziness in the movies. We recognize that the culture is going to craft the citizenry. And we want to make sure that the culture is doing a good job. The, the left imported, I mean, they imported this directly from now, actually, in the 1960s, from China. And it has shaped the way that, that leftism in America has progressed in the ensuing decades. I write about this a lot in my book, Speechless. So, they're right. I think we need to acknowledge that they're right. And I think we need to, once again, move beyond this really shallow language of you do whatever you want. The government can never do anything. The, and, and we should never tell Hollywood that they can't, they shouldn't make a movie, you know, that is unpatriotic or anti-American or inverting of standards. We can't do that because everyone should be able to do whatever they want at any given time. The the, politics is downstream of culture. The politics never affects the culture, as we're often told. No, no. To use a line from George Will, actually, back when he was conservative, statecraft is soulcraft. Yes, the prevailing culture in a society will shape the kind of government that that society has, but the government will also shape the kind of people that are there. We know this. Conservatives admit this all the time. Whenever we complain about the great society and the social, the governmental upheavals of the 1960s, how it destroyed the black family, what we are acknowledging is the government can shape the citizenry. The the politics can shape the culture as well. And what China is saying is, yeah, we don't want all of our men to stop being men. 
Yeah, we don't want all of our kids to waste all their time on video games. Yeah, we don't want all of our citizens to hate their country. So we're going to suppress those kinds of themes. You know, in the, the late 1930s, you had some of the greatest films that were ever made were all made during this period. And, you know, part of this is because of the Hayes Code. This was an industry self-regulating system to avoid government censorship. And so they created their own self, self-censorship. And you had all of these really, really great movies. But movies weren't always wholesome in the past. Actually, before the Hayes Code went to, into effect, you had a bunch of filthy, degenerate movies. I'm thinking, you, you may have seen a clip of, of one of them going, going around the internet. It kind of became a meme, meme of like all sorts of people who look all sort of, they have all sorts of crazy problem. I think the movie's called Freaks, right? And it's like, one of us, one of us, Google, gobble, Google, gobble. And it's just, the whole point of it is this, it's supposed to be a freak show and, you know, very perverse and weird and creepy. And a lot of movies were like that back then. And then there was some self-regulation and you had really high works of art and frankly, a culture that I think was healthier. And now we're regressing toward that. So I'm not saying we got to, you know, copy China exactly. The problem with China is it's I mean, and they're using this kind of language. They want to be revolutionary. They want to be socialist. They want, they want to use the government to impose that Maoist cultural revolution once again. We don't want to do that. But we need to recognize that the, the government and the culture and the institutions are going to shape people. So we should use that for good traditional American ends. Speaking of fictional media, you've probably seen this story over the weekend. But just, just a quick Note to remind you not to believe what you read in the media. Rolling Stone headline, one hospital denies Oklahoma doctor's story of ivermectin overdoses causing ER delays for gunshot victims. That's the new headline. That's the new headline. The original headline was, gunshot victims left waiting as horse dewormer overdoses overwhelm Oklahoma hospitals doctor says. Huh, that's weird. It's the same article. Why they have different headlines? Because the story was completely fake. And this story went, it was in Rolling Stone. It was picked up by my doppelganger over at MSNBC, Rachel Maddow. It was picked up on local news. This went everywhere. Gunshot victims are left waiting because idiot rube conservatives are eating a horse dewormer and poisoning themselves. Rachel Maddow, quote, patients overdosing on ivermectin backing up rural Oklahoma hospitals and ambulances. Quote, the scariest one I've heard of and seen is people coming in with vision loss, he said. Rachel Maddow tweeting this around. But then Rolling Stone had to change the headline because it was fake. It's completely fake. Uh, This story was based on, on one doctor's claims and the doctor doesn't even work at the hospital anymore. Here's the statement from the hospital. Although Dr. Jason Michalea is not an employee of NHS Sequoia. He is affiliated with a medical staffing group that provides coverage for our emergency room. With that said, Dr. Michalea has not worked at our Salas Law location in over two months. NHS Sequoia has not treated any patients due to complications relating to taking ivermectin. This includes not treating any patients for ivermectin overdose. All patients who have visited our emergency room have received medical attention as appropriate. Our hospital has not had to turn away any patients seeking emergency care. We want to assure our community that our staff is working hard to provide quality health care to all patients. We appreciate the opportunity to clarify this issue. And as always, we value our community's support. In other words, the story was completely fake. Every aspect of it. 
was completely fake, but it made it around the world. It's not the only one. It's not the only fake ivermectin story. The Associated Press. Here we are. More, it's, it's amazing. I mean, they've got more and more and more versions of this story floating around. But here's from the Associated Press. They claim 70% of calls to Mississippi poison control were about ivermectin overdoses. 70%. Wow. Those idiots taking that horse dewormer. Correction. In an article published August 23rd about people taking livestock medicine to try to treat coronavirus, the Associated Press erroneously reported based on information provided by Mississippi Department of Health that 70% of recent calls to Mississippi Poison Control Center were from people who had ingested ivermectin to try and treat COVID-19. State epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers said Wednesday, the number of calls to poison control about ivermectin was 2%. It was 2%. He said of the calls that were about ivermectin, 70% were people were by people who had ingested the veterinary version of the medicine. Headline story on page A1, 70% of poison control calls are ivermectin overdoses, idiot horse dewormer people. Correction on page Z1000 that no one's going to read. Actually, it was 2%. And actually, it wasn't even 2%. It was 70% of 2% that were about overdoses. Complete, complete lie. A complete lie that very few people are going to find out about. If you listen to this show, you'll know that that story was a lie. But if you listen to this show, you already knew that this story was a lie. You already knew that it was very, that the media were not to be trusted and the ivermectin stuff is a complete joke. The, the attacks on ivermectin. But I'm, I'm sorry to say, I mean, look, a lot of people listen to this show. Hundreds of thousands of people listen to this show. But there are hundreds of millions of people in the country. And the left controls the means of communication to the vast majority of them. Here's another fake story. A perfectly healthy 13-year-old boy died of coronavirus. This is a very sad story because a 13-year-old boy actually did die of the coronavirus. And the reason this story is being pushed around, perfectly healthy 13-year-old boy, the reason it's being pushed around is to impel young people and children to take this vaccine that they really don't need to take. They're not at a statistically very great risk of dying from coronavirus. And there are questions about the coronavirus, or the, about the vaccine rather. Will it inflame their hearts? There was a 13-year-old boy whose heart became inflamed and he died just days after receiving the second dose of the vaccine. So there, there are a lot of questions. So why should we make kids who aren't really at great risk of coronavirus, why would we make them take this experimental drug? Well, because a perfectly healthy 13-year-old died, except the perfectly healthy 13-year-old was 300 pounds. He had huge comorbidities. She, of course, he was at much greater risk. It's horribly sad. Now the, the mother is calling for mandatory vaccines for all the kids. It's fake news. This is what the fake news is. And if you point this out, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. You know, you know the difference between conspiracy theory and the truth? We've said it before on this show. About 12 to 16 months, it seems these days. But they don't know. They don't know. It gets back to the, the Texas abortion law. It gets back to siding with the actual satanic temple. It gets back to making kids pray to Aztec demon gods. The left doesn't know. 
There's a, there's a woman who, uh, Dr. Uh, Cass, Dr. Something Cass, she was the woman who sounded like a demon tweeting out the other day saying, give me your children. I'm, I'll, I'll tell me if you want an abortion in Texas. I'll figure it out. I'll kill your children. Don't just let me do it. And I said, this woman sounds like a demon. She wrote into me. She said, Michael, instead of making fun of me, just invite me on the show. We'll discuss it. I invited her on the show. We haven't heard back. Of course, for days now, we haven't heard back. Of course not. She has no idea what we think. She has no idea what she's doing. She has no idea the reality of the things that she, just like, especially on these issues, just like the entire left. Historical perspective is very helpful when you're considering the propriety of uh, Aztec demon god prayers and uh, Satanists, and even on economic matters. There's a headline, came out last week, and I want to make sure we get to it. A shocking headline, quote, an Oregon McDonald's is so desperate for workers, it hung a huge banner outside calling on 14-year-olds to apply. (laughs) My gosh, they must really be desperate. 14-year-olds working at a fast food joint? Why, that's exactly the kind of person who worked at a fast food joint even 20, 30 years ago, but no longer. How old were you when you got your first job? I, I was 14. What was your first job? My first job was at a fast food joint. I was an artist. I've always worked in the arts. I was a sandwich artist at Subway. That, that used to be the point of these jobs. Maybe not the manager of the franchise or something like that, but the people flipping burgers used to be a job for teenagers. Then, because we just opened the borders of our country and flooded it with way disproportionately low-skilled labor, a lot of people who were adults in their 30s, 40s, 50s, crowded out the teenagers in that, in that labor market. So now you go into a fast food restaurant and it's very rarely is it someone who's 14 or 15. That was just, that was a big change in the way that our economy functioned. Now we have a labor shortage because the government is paying people to sit on their couches. And so that you can't hire anyone. Even today, I was going through a fast food place to get a little breakfast and they were extremely short staffed. They couldn't get people to work there. So there's big signs out front, please, we're hiring, please come, come work here. Lots of, there are lots of unintended consequences to these leftist policies. Okay. And they don't see it happening. They say, okay, we open the floodgates of our Southern border. That's good for everyone. That's good. That's compassionate. Well, it's not good for the kids who now don't get job experience. Okay. It's not good for the health of the American economy, I think in the long run. You start partnering with uh, Satanists and Aztec demon gods. That, oh, it's just nice. Oh, it's just multiculturalism. Oh, it's, we're just following the science. Oh, it's just tactical. Oh, it's just this. It's, It's probably not good in the long run to have these sorts of occult rituals be elevated as your national religion. Probably not good at all. This actually brings me to Labor Day. Just a, a point on this, especially on these 14 and 15 year olds at McDonald's, who, by the way, now are, uh, they've shown up. McDonald's has hired 14 and 15 year olds, and it turns out they're great employees because they're young, they're full of energy, they're eager to learn, they're very malleable, and they're doing a good job. And we should have more of that in this country. Uh, speaking of holidays, yesterday was Labor Day, and I know there were a lot of conservatives who came. I mean, we even made some jokes about it here at the Daily Wire, but there were a lot of conservatives who said this is a communist holiday and we hate it. We don't want anything to do with it. And that it, that isn't true. It's not a communist holiday. It is a holiday that was created actually to undermine the communist holiday 
of May Day. That was the international communist holiday. And when the United States pushed for Labor Day, yes, it was certainly influenced by the labor movements and it was influenced by the socialists and the communists, but it was actually a way of, of undermining that. And I, I just think there, there has been a running theme on the right for the past 30 years or so, 20, 30 years, that we hate labor, that we're, we're the party of you know, the billionaires and the plutocrats and the CEOs and forget about labor. We hate American labor. Let's outsource everything. Let's flood the country with cheap labor and to, to lower wages for Americans in the working class. And that's just crazy. That's not a good idea. First of all, the plutocrats and the billionaires and all of them hate us, generally speaking. They don't like us. The companies that are shipping jobs overseas hate America. They have no loyalty to it. The, the Republican Party will be a working class party. We are... Uh, if you're talking about regular, normal Americans who work regular, normal jobs, I don't think they're particularly attracted to BLM burning their country down, the LGBT agenda pushing drag queen story hour in schools, or radical anti-American revolutionaries who want to tear down George Washington. So we actually could get American labor, but I think we've got to adapt and recognize, no, we appreciate American labor, actually. We like this. This is a good thing. We want to actually keep out some foreign labor so that we can beef up our own our own base, our own American people. Speaking of holidays, this is another one I can't let go. The Boston Marathon has just issued a big apology. The Boston Athletics Association issued a big apology because they scheduled the Boston Marathon on an important holiday. They scheduled the Boston Marathon on Indigenous Peoples Day. You know Indigenous Peoples Day, that totally real thing, not, that, not just a fake thing? Now, when is Indigenous Peoples Day? I looked it up. It's October 9th. I said, no, that can't be Indigenous Peoples Day. That's Columbus Day. Columbus Day. Oh, right. Indigenous Peoples Day was invented by the libs because they hate Columbus so much because Columbus is the representative of Western civilization. And the Boston Athletics Association is not, not apologizing that they put their marathon on Columbus Day, which is a good holiday about a great man. Got an ethnic component, too. The Italians love Columbus Day because Columbus was Italian. But it's a broader holiday for Western civilization, discovery of the new world. No, it's, they're apologizing because it's offensive to Indians and people who don't think that the United States is a legitimate country and think that we stole everyone's land and we shouldn't be here in the first place. And America is just a colonial, evil, awful project. Who cares? Who cares? Is what people, who cares if it's Indigenous Peoples Day or Columbus Day or if the marathon's there? Look, both sides are crazy about this. It's not a big deal, right? The left cares. The left cares. Why do, who cares about the pronouns? Who cares about this? Who cares? Who cares about the holidays? The left cares. That's why they're putting so much energy and effort into renaming the holidays because a holiday is a holy day. Who cares what statues we have up? Who cares what prayers the kids are reciting in schools as part of their multiculturalism curriculum? Who cares? The left cares. Why does the left care? Because the holidays that we keep holy, the prayers that we chant, the rituals that we engage in will define our culture and our politics and our religion. And if you do it enough, if you just do it enough and you're mindless about it, you just do it because the left leads you there and you don't fight back, you're not even going to know it's happening. And you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be worshiping Satan and the demon gods. And you say, how did we get here? How did we get here? Because we didn't care enough and we didn't fight back. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. A viral video reveals again that our once great American cities have turned into something out of a horror movie. The CEO of a video game developer company comes out as pro-life and pays the consequence. Joe Biden changes his mind about when life begins again. And finally, a female sports reporter claims that she was groped by fans while reporting on a football game. But the video shows something else entirely. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.